0: Thank you for joining us today. My name is Maccabee Griffin. And I'm Marcella. And this is Beyond the Pen, where we take the well-known adage, read between the lines, to a whole new level and beyond. Each week we sit down with a new author to not only discuss one of their books, but also learn the story behind the story. How's it going, Marcella? How's nice your day going, been? Well,
1: yeah, you know
0: you know apparently uh, isn't that always the way it is so today's guest that we are happy to have on here you know we mm-hmm. we she helps people with you know those days where they just don't want to get out of bed either because it was you know too warm or comfortable or maybe it's just because you know they didn't really like where they were at in their life you know how many times have we opened up our eyes and the first thing that we said out loud or into our own head is I don't want to go to work or I hate where I'm at in my life or something to that effect. I know I I've said it a lot, Marcella probably I'm going to say at some point you've said I've it. I've never
1: anyway. hated my life, but yeah, you know, I like my bed way too much.
0: That's so it's the comfortable sense. For oh me. yeah. Okay, good. So, well, you know, for me there was a lot of times in my life because me and her have somewhat of a similar background um in terms of our childhood. Uh but for me I always felt like I was like a descendant of Job in some way shape or form because I felt like there were so many things like were going wrong even though I was trying really hard, I would never get there. So for me it was very, it it was it was better on in my life when I finally realized okay I need to stop doing this and go for this kind of thing, and I started to realize what was going on and I fix it, and obviously Marcella she never had this issue because she's <laughs> she's perfect in every fabulous way fabulous
1: in every way yeah
0: see there you go it's always the same with her she was the perfect child it's like Encanto all over again except. Never mind. Anyways, I digress. (laughs) But I wanted to say one thing, and, and that is that she is somebody that I think a lot of people have to have in their mind, especially the women. You know, she's probably helped out a lot of men, too, but mostly women. And, you know, she is one that's written a book called When Will You Quit? 21 Keys to Living the Life God Designed for You. This is something I think a lot of people should at least give a chance to read, because when I started reading it, I noticed that I really had to look around and make sure there wasn't a camera, because a lot of things (laughs) that she was asking were in the book. And I was like, okay, yeah, okay, Um, this is weird and awkward, and I don't like it anymore. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I give you the truth bearer herself, Miss Lisa Harrell. Lisa, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, Lisa. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm super excited about today.
1: Well, we're happy that you're here. Lisa, why don't you tell our audiences a little bit about yourself? As a matter of fact, do you have a secret that maybe nobody knows that you'd be willing to divulge? Let's hear it.
2: Mm. Well, how? Huh. A secret. When I was younger, I used to write poetry and draw. Not many people know that. I would draw cartoons and things of that sort. And I would write poetry based on the season of life that I was in. And uh, later in life, I kind of allowed both of those things to kind of die out. But not many people know that about me. I used to write poetry and draw.
0: Nice, nice. So as someone, like I said before, who has was put up for adoption. It's a little bit different from where you are, but it's it's still in the system of taking care of children at a young age. I can definitely understand the uh, the feelings that you were expressed in the introduction of your book. And again, this is something I think a lot of people need to read because it it feels so close to what we went through when we were young. Right. And I think that it's really hard to shake those feelings, even after you're an adult, even if you have supportive people around you, or, you know, obviously in some cases that there's not supportive people around you. But my question to you is, how were you able to find enough of yourself to fill the hole inside of you once you went on to this journey and what that journey was like?
2: Yes, absolutely. So in the introduction you've read, I I mentioned that I was in many and several foster homes. I actually did end up getting adopted just to throw that out there. Uh, However, at the age of three is when I was really taken away from a biological family and I was put in a foster home. So that immediately created feelings of rejection and abandonment in my life. And as a young girl, three years old, you don't know how to deal with that. You don't know how to process that. You don't know what to do with that. So I'm putting put into a home with a family, uh, and not that they did anything wrong, but you want to know where's your family and why didn't they want you? So it's not the same as a young child trying to process this right and not knowing how to navigate throughout life. So I kind of grew up in life carrying those feelings. It was a weight of feeling rejected and unwanted and unloved from the very people that should have loved me, but did not. So like I said, later I was adopted, but it's not like that changed the feeling on the inside of me. So I literally carry these feelings of heaviness and unwantedness, rejection, and it ended up turning into depression later on in life. And uh, it wasn't until I, I really reached college like I said, if you if you go throughout life and you're not able to deal with and process those feelings that you have in a healthy way, it just grows and it manifests. So it turned into depression and suicidal thoughts that I actually would have because if you feel like no one wants you, no one loves you, you know, and your family didn't come back for you, it's like, well, what's the point of living? And that's my personal thoughts. So it wasn't until I was actually on a college campus At the age of 19 years, uh, well, 18 years old, actually, that I had several young ladies come up to me and they begin to talk to me about the Lord. Now, I'd heard about the Lord throughout my life, but never in a way that he could heal me from depression or that he could turn my life around in a sense that I didn't carry a a heaviness or a weight or emptiness about it, about myself. I I never knew that. So they explained to me about the Lord in that manner. And I said, he can do that? (laughs) I was so intrigued. I, I had no idea because I guess I grew up in a home where we mentioned the name of the Lord in Christ Jesus, but never in the sense where he can deliver you from heaviness and the weights that you carry. So they told me about this retreat that they had. And they said, if you go on this retreat, I guarantee you that God can do everything in your life that you desire him. Get yourself a list, Lisa, and write down the things that you want the Lord to do in your life. And I said, okay, I want to know my purpose. I wanna feel happy and I want to feel loved. Those were the three things that's all I wrote down. That's all I wanted in life is to know why I was there, to feel loved for once in my life, and to be happy because I carried this downcast spirit about myself. And I went on this retreat, and let me tell you, it's hard to even explain it in words, but God did so much in my life in a three-day weekend than I ever imagined he could do in a lifetime. I had no idea when I talk about he delivered me from the heaviness and the depression that I carried the emptiness that I carried and I felt the love of God for the first time in my life that is what changed everything for me coming face to face with the Lord Jesus that is really what changed the downcast of my life that's what changed my perspective it's almost like I was blind initially my entire life and then the the scales were removed and I was able to see. And it was a light about me. There was a glow about me. There was a joy about me because God had healed me from the heaviness and the weight and the hurt and the rejection that I carried. And that's really what changed everything for me.
0: Yeah. And I agree with that too, because it's it's something that uh, as a believer, it is something that we try to tell people about, but we don't want to obviously force our beliefs on them. And unfortunately there's a lot of people out there that do that. But Mm -hmm. when you can actually go back to those points and realize, okay, this was what was going on in my life. And when you bring him into your life, that's exactly what happens is that you, you feel different. That's why it makes it so a lot easier for us to feel different and look different because we are, we are different. We are changed. Obviously the words that these young ladies talk to you about the way that they used them made you feel like, you know, there was something there that you were like, okay, I need to go do this. And one of the things that you said is like words have power, especially to young children. We've all heard so many things from the people that we look up to some good and you know, some bad, We've also heard phrases like boys will be boys, and if you dress provocative, that means that you're asking for and so many others. But it creates a social environment, even today, that we're continuously retraining ourselves to not be like at home, at work, even at our places of worship. But here's my question to you. How did this affect you in your own life? And because of that, how did it impact on what tips that you are adding to the book?
2: So, good question. Because I'd walked through a heavy and a dark season for most of my life, honestly, and then I had an encounter with Christ, I would say that it helped me be able to see through the eyes of those who may still be. In places uh, like that in their life, who may feel like there's no hope. I don't know, you know what's going to turn it all around. I'm at, you know, what's end. I have, I have no idea. You know, there has to be something more. How can this thing ever change? It helps me to see through the eyes. It somewhat puts me in the shoes of the reader you know, who may be going through some of those similar emotions or feelings or seasons of life. So I've walked there. I've actually been there. I'm not just someone that you know is wanting to just share something with someone like I've actually walked there, I've been in those shoes myself, I've felt the heaviness, I've felt the suicidal thoughts I've wanted to end it all you know i've I've been there just feeling like I have no idea what's gonna be that thing that's gonna turn this around. There has to be something more than just feeling empty, so I've walked in those shoes, but I've also had a turnaround in my life, so I know that there's hope, so I can now speak. From a, an aspect of hope, not still from the place that I was in, I can now speak from a place of victory, while still being able to relate to those who are in those seasons of life. If that makes sense.
1: So can you, yeah. I I would really just like to, because um, this is this is amazing. But I would really like to ask, um, what ultimately had you put pen to paper and share these feelings with everyone? So.
2: I would say around 18 up until I wrote the book, honestly, every person that I would come in contact with, I mean, majority of the people, they would all, when they would hear my story, they would say, Lisa, you need to put this in a book. You need to write a book. And I would always say, Yeah, you know, at some point in life, I'll, I'll go ahead and write the book. At some point, I'll write a book. But of course, I didn't know how to get started, what the first step was to writing a book. So it was about 2019. And things were going pretty crazy at my job. And I had a friend, his name was Dominique Edmond, and he had written a book. He had written a book. And I remember he called me up one day. He said, Lisa, you need to write a book. And I gave him the same spill. Yep, I will. Later on in life, at some point, I will write a book. I never took it seriously in the sense of that. Of really just getting started, sort of say. I just knew that in the back of my mind, at some point in my life, I'll go ahead and write a book because everyone is telling me you need to write a book. So Dominique, he was very, very adamant about writing a book. He said, "No, we need to get we need to get this book started. You have a story to tell, and people need to hear it." And around the same time, I was mentoring ladies, and I would share uh, bits and pieces of my story with them, but I was. Really learning more so about leaving legacy, putting a book, putting something out there to not only just share with the few ladies that I was mentoring with in my fairs influence, but worldwide. So I said, well, I can share this worldwide because if I'm going through this, there are multiple women throughout the world who may also be dealing with this. Let the world hear your story. So I said, all right. I'll go ahead and I'll write the book. So then I got serious about writing the book. I said, I'm going to do it. And that's really what sparked me to write the book uh, in 2019.
0: Man, it it just comes down to exactly when you have the right people around you um, to help you and support you and push you, it, it, it makes it a lot easier for us to do what we were born to do, you know, our individual purposes. And I think I remember hearing that name Dominic Edmonds before, but I'm not for sure where. Um, anyways, for those who don't know, he's—I know him. I know him a lot. Anyways, here is something else I w- thought was very interesting. And I said it—I said it before uh, in the intros that it really felt like a lot of your words were like right in my head, like many people. It hit close to home. Because again, there was a lot of times where in my own personal life that I was upset with my life. I felt like no matter what goal I was hitting, you know, it, it it I could never achieve it because then I it was something that wasn't for me. Even though I thought I wanted it, it wasn't I couldn't get it. Something happened, whatever the case may be. But the other aspect is, is that once I finally started to realize this stuff about myself. And realizing what my purpose is, my individual purpose. And I'll let you explain what that is comparative to our general overall purpose. For me, it was like that light going on. And I started to realize that a lot of the things that I was trying to do were not for me, but for someone else. And that made it a lot easier for me to accept the road that I'm on. So, if you could please briefly explain like some of the signs that people can find in their own life that are saying, okay, this is where I need to change my life. And then of course, maybe some of those things that would help them to believe in themselves
2: enough to start that path. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I do have one, uh, one chapter Uh, title, What is Purpose? Because that is one of the number one questions that people are plagued with. What is purpose? What is my purpose here on earth? And just as you mentioned, uh, the general purpose, well, I must state first that I am a born again believer. And so I personally believe that God created every single person on the face of the earth. And the best way to know purpose is to connect with the person that created you and that purpose within you in the first place. It's the same as if, you know, you have a smoothie machine, (laughs) you know, well, the purpose of the smoothie machine is to blend something up, right? So you have to go back to the instruction manual to see how to use that smoothie machine. Otherwise you can misuse it, And it won't be any good to you. So it's the same way. Purpose, the only way to connect with that purpose that is already on the inside of you, because I believe that God has placed purpose on the inside of us from conception, even before then, is to reconnect with God. Right? So our ultimate purpose is simply to bring glory to the Lord. And now we can all do that in different ways. So in the book, I talk about specifically, how can a person identify their specific purpose? And I relate it to things such as your passions, your desires. What are you passionate about? What really drives you? What are you naturally good at? I believe that we're all naturally good at something and we just may not relate it to purpose. We just may think, oh, you know. I do that with my eyes closed. It's nothing for me. You know, to give you an example, I, I'm a, I'm a mentor and I, I'm a public speaker. I speak to women. Uh, I disciple and mentor women. But I speak on leadership, you know, globally to all audiences. And growing up, I had no idea about that. I was very quiet. I was very shy. And, you know, who would have thought? But everyone loved coming to me for advice. I mean, I have no idea why. People would come to me all the time with their problems and their issues, and I would try and give them advice, and they would be like, wow, that was really good. Thank you. You really helped me out. But I had no idea until later on in life that that was a gift that I could use to help people. And I let, later in life actually begin to use that as a gift. So when I say naturally, some people may, may sing, some people may naturally be creative and things like that. You, you may be called to be an interior designer, who knows, because you're so creative with, with decorating and you may think nothing of it. Just like, oh, I, I love to see, I, I hate doing those kind of things. Don't put me in anybody's house to to decorate or anything like that. I'm not good at it, nor do I desire it. <laughs> but someone does. That may be what you're called to do, right? You can glorify a home and make it beautiful for someone, and you never related that to purpose. So it's you know things that. Maybe you're, you're you, you that come naturally for you that you may overlook and oversee things that you're passionate about. We all have something that we're passionate about. You may be passionate about seeing an end to trafficking or some sort. You may be a passion to um cook for people or help the old and things of that nature. And we overlook those things. But it's really when we begin to focus on the things that we're passionate about, the things that we desire, that we can begin to see where that purpose is formed.
0: Speaking of old uh, Marcella. um, No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. I love you. Don't kill me. She's going to punch me in the face later on. Anyways. um, It, it, it is funny that we, we say that because like, again, everybody has a purpose. Marcella's is to write and to give me shade every single time that she can, as well as being a great voice actor that she is. And again, as much as I, as I mess with Marcella, I love her to death. You know, she is my big sister and I know she's probably, she'll never say anything good about me because she never does, but I digress. Um, and she's actually saying no. So it's, I understand. No, but um, one of the things I really thought was great. And this will be my, my last uh, question for you before Marcella has her, her last ones as well, is that, you know, when you can actually finally get a glimpse into your purpose, you, you feel something different. You feel like, okay, now I'm happy. And that's the one thing about happy being happy is that happiness is something that no one can ever actually find. It's more of a joy because j- happiness is just a just a, a effect of joy. But it's really hard to stay like that, especially this day and age. Um, because there's a lot of us, like for me, who is a very, and Marcello, we're very creative people and it's not like your every average, every day, nine to five job. You know, we have to really work hard at what we're doing and we have to really try to be able to make a living at it because there's not a lot of people that want our services at sometimes, even though it would help them, but it's something that we have to, Deal with on this road that we have actually created for ourselves, and one of the the last thing I wanted to uh, ask you about is what was it like for uh, to finally realize what your individual purpose was, and how was how has that impacted your life since then?
2: So one thing that I, I I love to say, and I actually put it in the book as well, that God gives us purpose, but people helps us discover it. It wasn't until I got, and to kind of piggyback off what you just said a moment ago, once I got myself connected to a body of people, to a body of believers, they were able to help me identify what already lied within me. You see, when you're by yourself, when you're isolated, it's very hard to identify and really see those things. But it's not until we get into some type of interaction, communication with others where they can identify, point things out. You can be put in different types of situations where you know that purpose can come out and it can be identified. So a person that's alone, is very hard to really identify that purpose. But once you get connected to some people you can really um, see it flourish and grow because you have others there to help identify, point, cultivate and equip You know that purpose in your life. So that's exactly what I did. I got connected to a body of believers, a body of people who were really able to help Uh, identify that purpose in me and also help to equip it and sharpen it as well. So I was put in different types of situations where I had to speak. I started speaking to a group of young ladies uh, on a college campus. I would do it in a small group. It was just a small group of people. It was, we would call it a connect groups. So I started there and then I started ministering to a larger group of people um, at different types of services that we would have and so forth, and then started speaking to people at an internship, which is a larger crowd. So over the years, as I was connected to people, they were able to help identify, but also equip, sharpen, and train me in that area, and also did not allow room for fear if that makes sense, because sometimes we may identify, but be afraid to start or be afraid to move forward or thoughts of what if I mess up? What am I going to do? But to have a good group of people that will encourage you to keep going, to encourage you like people need what you have. I believe that we all have something that the world needs. We all have something that the world needs. So we have to show up and be able to provide that to the world because God put it inside of us because other people will need it. So, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty much what happened. I got connected, and um, so it it started from there. And then, of course. I mean, I loved what God called me to do, because as I stepped into that role, I saw how it began to help people and transform people's lives. So I wanted to continue to move forward. So I started going out, speaking at different events to just really be able to impart into women and help them in those areas of life the same way that I was helped in those areas of my life.
1: That's amazing. And um, I always ask two questions right before we shut down you know, don't like quick responses. Let's see how quick you can answer these. What is your writing kryptonite?
2: My writing kryptonite. I know you said quick, but (laughs) (laughs) I think you were setting me up here. (laughs) My writing kryptonite. So for me, I would say Yeah, I would would definitely probably have to say procrastination, if anything. I have my hands in a lot of stuff right now that I'm doing. And I have wanted to start on my next book so many times. And there's so many other things that I'm working on. I'm like, I'll get to this later. And like my book, I want it to be priority because the Lord keeps putting it on my heart. But I just keep pushing it back. Like, okay, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. So yeah, I would definitely say procrastination. It's so funny because I actually talk about that in my book.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We do actually, we get that a lot. And that's, that's one of the things I struggle with. So I feel you there. So my my last question is, um, is there a famous quote or, um, and I always switch it up a little bit or a person that inspires you to continue writing or to continue doing what you're doing.
2: Honestly, what inspires me and drives me to keep going in any area of my life is the Lord Himself. <laughs> like He is enough to inspire me every day because I want to be able to finish my race. I don't want to stand before the Lord. And well, let me, you know what? Miles Monroe. I don't know if you guys have heard of Miles Monroe but I love Mosmerro, Moreau. And he all, he, he ministered this message some years ago and it was titled Die Empty, right? He said, one of the richest places in life is the graveyard because so many people there died with things that they never produced. It's rich of ideas and, um, you know, just purpose that never was released on the earth. So when I think of that I don't want to be one of those people that die with ideas on the inside of me, with purpose on the inside of me, with things that I know I should have done. So I keep that in mind that I want to be able to finish the race that God has set before me. I want to die with everything that he's putting me released on the earth.
0: You know what? That's, that's one of the best answers that I've heard. And I, I can't say anything else but that but except for thank you lisa for being on the show we really appreciate it and we want to give you this chance to just tell people where they can find your book when will you quit 21 keys to living the life god designed for you and also anywhere else that they can find you and whatever else you would like to say to close out the show
2: Yes, absolutely. Well, I definitely want to first say uh, thank you so much, Maccabee and Marcella, for allowing me to be a guest on the show. I really appreciate it. It's been such an honor with you guys. And uh, you guys can definitely find my book, When Will You Quit? 21 Keys to Living the Life that God Designed for You on Amazon. If you go to Amazon and simply type in When Will You Quit? It will pop up. You can also find it on my website, www.lisaharold.com. That's www.lisaherald.com You can also find me on Instagram, The Lisa Harold. You can find me on Facebook, The Lisa Harold as well. I'm everywhere. <laughs> and um, yeah, you guys can find me there. And uh, you should definitely check out the book. It's really good. I don't say that because I wrote it, but I say that because of the feedback that I've got from the book, the reviews. Uh, that people mention, As you mentioned something, Maccabee, that was really good. You said that, you know, as you were reading the first three chapters, you were looking around like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I've also had other people say that as they were reading the book. They were like, is Lisa in my, how does she know this? How does she know this? How does she know this? So I know that other people are going through similar seasons in life and it speaks directly to their heart and where they are. And uh, it will definitely, uh kind of give you insight and tools on how to get from that place to the next. So absolutely.
0: Well, thank you again, Lisa, for being on the show. We really appreciate it. And the links for those places will be in the description so that everyone can uh, go to these places, find the book, learn more about Lisa herself, contact her in terms of on her Instagram and any of her other socials. All right, Marcella what are your final thoughts on our guest today
1: yeah I this is probably a first I sat back and I just wanted to listen she's got such a an awesome soothing vibe and I feel like that just comes from deep in her heart because of everything that she has she has overcome and the way that she views herself because I really think that Lisa's one of those people who actually likes herself so I was I was just sitting back and relaxing and watching and i I had spoken to her prior so i knew that this was going to be a really nice interview
0: well yeah because again that's why i have i I have you actually do all the scheduling because again you fill the people out in terms of are they going to be a good fit for our show i fill out the books make sure that you know we actually have a show um but the other thing i really liked about this and of course you would say that marcella because you and her are pretty much on the same level in terms of Good vibes, as you put it. (laughs) You're showing your age, Marcella. Anyways, I don't
1: know what you're talking about.
0: (laughs) Anyways, so everybody go find Lisa Harold on, or excuse me, the Lisa Harold online. Go to her website, go to Amazon, get her book. The links will be in the description. And like we always say at the end of the show, Keep writing, keep inspiring, and keep sharing as you go beyond the pen. Hey folks, that's a wrap for this episode of Beyond the Pen. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you'd like to stay connected and up to date with everything Beyond the Pen, follow us on Twitter at Beyond the Pen Pod and Instagram at Beyond the Pen Podcast. For even more content and exclusive access to our guest profiles and more, make sure to visit our website at BeyondThePenPodcast.com.